3: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May. I'm coming to you live uh, from the Kima Boardwalk Pier with my good friend Jeff Snook. Obviously, Ohio State had the weekend off last week, uh, so my buddy Jeff Snook and I decided to uh, take the take the opportunity to come down to Texas and see a little bit of football. We were primarily interested in watching Alabama play live against Texas A&M and uh, kind of get an idea in our minds how Ohio State might match up against the number one team in the country, uh, Alabama. But b- before we get to that, uh, you know, it was a big weekend for college football across the nation, especially for Ohio State, because that three-way tie with Georgia was obliterated by Georgia getting upset by South
2: Carolina. Was that a stunning upset for you, Jeff? Yeah, Tim, it was. i tell you what, you know, I've seen South Carolina play this year, so I'm against Alabama and I think Kentucky. And I thought there is no way in heck they could go into Athens. I like where you use the word heck there. Appreciate yeah, no, it. I don't swear. Yeah, but my friends know that. But I thought there's no way in heck they could go into Athens and steal a steal a win from Georgia. Uh, it just goes to show. I mean, they're 25 point underdog. If you're not ready to play and you turn the ball over, anything can happen. So they're minus four in turnovers. So, and, and let's face it, Will Muschamp didn't really do a coaching genius job on that game. They won in spite of him. Yes. And uh, that just goes straight. But here's the bottom line. George is not out of it by any means. They can still control their own destiny. And Florida lost at the LSU. They still control their own destiny because they beat it at the end of October in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. The winner of that still has a chance to win out and beat the SEC West champion and get into the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. A little train that runs around here like once every twenty minutes is now making its path behind
3: uh behind and under us here. And, uh, it's like being in Key West. Exactly. Here. You know the interesting thing though is you look at you look at the big power five conferences around the country, lo and behold, look at the Big Ten, you know, with four undefeated
2: teams. Uh you know the, and uh would you have picked those four to be the undefeated teams no, at this point? There's no way I thought Minnesota would be. Obviously, Penn State has some talent. Penn State looks so much better on defense than they have in recent years. They look hey, man. Qu- they look quicker to me. Like their linebackers can move, their defensive line looks very quick. But there's no way in the world I thought Minnesota would be undefeated. Uh, you know, if we'd have picked the dark horse in the West, everybody jumped on Nebraska. Yeah. Well, you know, Nebraska's showing that they're not quite ready yet under second year Scott Frost, so they got a ways to go. But the Big Ten with Wisconsin, Penn State, oh boy. Yeah, that's There's okay. Penn State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State, those are three pretty good teams, and we'll see how that shakes out once they start playing each other. Yeah, we'll get the next train when it comes back.
3: Uh, bottom line, Minnesota
2: is probably the
3: surprise team in a lot. of ways. the way they destroyed Nebraska the other night. But then on top of that, you know, I think people have had a propensity to write off P.J. Fleck as a little bit of a joke, when in fact he's not. He, he took Western Michigan and turned them into a, a BCS, you know, a team that got to right, play in a, right. in a uh, not a BCS, but a CFP uh, a bo- bo- bowl game. It's and a uh, to think that this guy doesn't have some substance along with the way he likes to sell his program, now I think people are catching on. That may be the surprise program in the country this year, but I'm getting down back to what you know. You and I are kind of our ostensibly, at least, uh, the excuse of coming down to watch Alabama play at Texas A&M, was to get an eyeball test on Alabama. We saw them start slow against the Texas A&M team that clearly needed needed to show itself was going to be ready for this game. It was it was 106,000 people in Kyle Field, the largest uh, crowd they've ever had there. And, of course, Alabama, I'm saying they came out slow, but Texas A&M came out firing with Kellen Mond. But then Alabama, kind of like what Ohio State did against Michigan State a couple weeks ago, methodically put them away. I think you're seeing Alabama, which has had all these problems, especially from a from an injury standpoint on defense, get better almost by the possession with the guys who are taking those players' spots. And uh, I think this Alabama team is, looks formidable, especially with that offense.
2: Well, Alabama's who I thought they were. I, I think if you look at the best offenses in the country and not factor in the defense and special teams, they're right there at the top. With Tua playing the way he is, he just set the Alabama school record for career touchdown passes. He's thrown 81 touchdown passes yeah. against nine interceptions Crazy. in his three years. there. This year, And we saw one of the interceptions. This year the ratio is 27 to 1. We saw his first interception. He yeah. is so smart. He throws on time. He's very, very accurate. Uh, He's, you know, he's the leader for the Heisman Trophy. So that offense, with their running game, with their receivers, Jerry Judy, a great offensive line. They will move the ball on anybody, and we'll get to their weakness. Their defense uh, has not been tested yet by a really good team that can keep them in the game, but they're going to give up some yards. They're going to give up some points, and when you look ahead toward the playoff, this is not the Alabama defense in early October that we're going to see in December, let's say December 29th, right? They're going to get better and better.
3: I, You know, it's funny because you look at showdown games as you're looking at a college season before it starts. And uh, uh, it's really funny now. The showdown game in the SEC West is definitely Alabama and LSU in a couple of weeks. And You look in the uh, Big Ten, <laughs> here's Ohio State. Uh, you know, everybody talks about the Big Ten East, and definitely Penn State is better than I think a lot of people thought it would be at this point. Uh, but Ohio State, man, its path to the college football playoff is definitely going to have to include a win over a Big Ten West team. I'm talking about in the regular season before they even get to the the Big Ten championship game. When you see how
2: Wisconsin manhandled Michigan State the other night, it was it was unbelievable. Well, what's going to be interesting these next seven weeks in college football? Or it's going to be as good as it gets next I agree. week. You got Michigan going to Penn State next week. The end of October, you've got a Wisconsin going to Ohio State. Early November, you have LSU going to Tuscaloosa. Yes. Those games right there are going to determine two of the college football playoff. Still people that will be alive going to the championship games. But the matchups and the crossover games in conferences with uh, Wisconsin played Ohio State. Yeah. Excuse me. It's just as good as it gets. So what makes it's what makes a game so great? Well, this was funny because, like I said,
3: you know the, the big narrative out there is the Big Ten West. Big Ten East is where the power is. The Big Ten West, you know, is a rummy dummy. People can't just get past the fact. Just look at the look at the preseason polls and look who Wisconsin has beaten from the Big Ten East. Right. Michigan and Michigan State outscored them what? Uh, seventy-two to seventy-two to fourteen, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy how they've gotten that – program back on track in a year. I mean, Paul Christ. Real quick uh, before we go, uh, and I've got a segment coming up with Austin Ward uh, just talking about Ohio State and what big surprises we expect to see from Ohio State uh, as the season goes forward from the halfway point. But uh, uh, how do you think, just from the eyeball test, Ohio State matches up with Alabama at this point? What do you see there that is either encouraging or discouraging for Ohio State fans in a possible matchup
2: with well, alabama i think it's very encouraging with alabama i think it's very encouraging with clemson too as well because ohio state for the first time in recent years has a defense that can hang with these teams now you're not going to stop them every series but you you want to stop them every other series every third you know two out of three series you just can't let them go up and down the field to keep the ball away from your offense ohio state's special teams are very good The defense is so much better than it was last year. So a lot of these teams, I think Clemson's regressed a little bit. I think Ohio State has improved quite a bit on defense. And with that offense they have, now what they don't have, and we all know it, is depth at quarterback. So as long as that number one stays healthy and they keep him in the game and maybe don't run him as much until they need him, they're going to be right there at the end, I think. And I just think they're as balanced as any team in the country, offense, defense, special teams – Their star talent, their wide receiver talent, J.K. Dobbins, their offensive line is gelling. They got everything, every ingredient it takes to win a national championship. They just got to remain focused week to week. And not jump ahead of themselves, and they got to avoid that letdown that happened in recent years at Iowa and at Purdue, at uh, Purdue under Urban Meyer's teams. And so far, you don't see it happening. Yeah, I agree. You know, but
3: I also like to say pop quiz: you know, name Alabama's backup quarterback. Name Clemson's backup quarterback. Name LSU's backup quarterback. You know, everybody, all these teams name Oklahoma's backup quarterback and actually name him, but the bottom line is Jalen Hurts is playing extremely well. All those starters, Joe Burrow making a bid for the Heisman Trophy right in front of our eyes. All of these teams are reliant on that first string, big time, high profile talented quarterback and it'd be very interesting if something happened to any of those teams in that regard, which could really change
2: the uh, complexion of this uh, national championship race. That being said, this is unique because that's Clemson, Alabama, LSU mentioned. They got a four-star guy behind them somewhere. We don't know. Ohio State does not have that right now. They got two gentlemen, one came from Kentucky, one came from West Virginia, and neither one of them were slated to win those jobs. So I don't want to say Mac level. I'm not going to use that term. But the drop-off would still be greater if Justin Fields goes down versus any of the three you mentioned. Right, right. I mean, I think
3: everybody agrees with that. But they still might, with a refurbished uh, running game they've got going, which a lot of us rely on that threat from the running quarterback, they still might be able to to make some things happen. And, you know, we'll talk about that down the road if in fact it happens. Hey, Jeff, I really appreciate you being on my show, man. And you and I have had quite the tour of Southeast Texas. You know, uh, uh, having dinner with my my brother on the fifteenth floor of his high rise and. You know, all this stuff. We've been through uh, Texas A&M College Station. Um, Went up to visit my mom with me up in Lufkin. And here we are back in Southeast Texas at the Kima Boardwalk. And we've had quite the the little tour here. And uh, it's kind of refreshing to get away, you know, a little bit and see some other, the way other people play football around the country. But I'm telling you, this Ohio State team, like you just pointed out,
2: has all the ingredients of being in that national picture in the end if he could keep his act together. Yeah, you're right, Tim. Hey, thanks for having me. You know, I lived here 37 years ago, southeast Texas. I covered the old Southwest Conference. I lived uh, in Baytown, worked for the Baytown Sun in Clear yeah. Lake City. And it was a good look back at my life where I started out after I left Ohio State in 1982. So I enjoyed it. We had a blast this week. And uh, thanks for having me on your podcast. Yeah, we both cut our teeth in small town newspapers Uh, in in, in East Texas. 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 And uh, it was great. But
3: anyway, you know, we'll be back in a moment. I've got Austin Ward. We're going to talk about maybe some things you should watch that could develop on this Ohio State football team. Uh, As the season moves into the second half, and there are some people rising, not the least of which is freshman wide receiver Garrett Wilson, who, by the way, is from from right here in the great state of Texas, uh, Lake Travis. But we'll be back in a moment after this word from our sponsor.
0: Hey, college football fans, it's Zach Bourne here. You need to check out BetDSI.com. BetDSI is a great way to use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash. That's right. BetDSI is the top rated online sports book. They've been paying winners for over 20 years. The reason they've been around that long is because they have got the fastest payouts in the industry. Plus, the user interface and mobile site is the best in the business. Play, win, and get paid. It's that simple. It doesn't matter if it's college football, the NFL, NBA, NHL, UFC, esports, reality TV, virtually anything. You can bet it, you can bet on it at betdsi.com and get paid right now. There's no better way to add some excitement to games that you already are watching. Check out their live betting where you can bet on games throughout the entire matchup, every play and every minute until the end. BetDSI has a special deal for Letterman Row fans. Use the promo code ROW100 to get a 100% bonus match. That's more than double. That's right, more than double your money to start winning today. Once again, go to BetDSI.com and use promo code ROW100 and get this limited 100% bonus offer to make some extra cash on the sports you know and love. BetDSI, promo code ROW100. Now back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Boy, an off week. We don't get an off week. Boston, what's
3: up with that man uh never get to stop I mean once once college football arrives
1: you just go 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 I, yeah sometimes I would try and sneak away uh, to Texas a little bit like you maybe like I just did yeah um, and, and see my family and folks this time it's just kind of this season snuck up on me was like, I can't I couldn't think wrap my mind around leaving and you know I tried to stay in Columbus and work on a couple features that uh, for our fine folks that read LettermanRow.com and and st- stuff that people enjoy. I just This year I've just, just kind of been into it. It's like I've been enjoying covering this team, and I didn't really want to yeah. sneak away too much. Well, I was going to say,
3: ostensibly, I snuck down there to go see my mom in Lufkin. <laughs> but really, I went down there to see the number one team in the country, Alabama, play right. at Texas A&M, which, you know, uh, Texas A&M has, has had its ups and downs. But uh, I wanted to get a firsthand look on what uh, Alabama, how Alabama compares. Right. Actually, I wanted to just go see the game because <laughs> I've rarely gotten to go see games as a fan. I know. Matter of fact, I can't remember the last time I went to a a college football game as a fan. It 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 was a long time ago, like when I was a youngster. I'm I'm uh, glad you got a chance to because I, it, I one bye week five or six
1: years ago, I went back for Wyoming's homecoming, and it's just I mean that's obviously different than what I cover now. Yeah, like being in the shoe every week in Big Ten football, but it's like it's a, it's so different. You forget about you know because we I go in three hours before kickoff for work. I don't I don't tailgate. You know the we sit when we sit up in the horseshoe. The windows are closed. You don't hear the sounds. Yeah. It's like you kind of forget why everyone else loves college football so much and being in the stadium. Yeah, because you know ours is we love it and for a different reason. But um, it puts money in in our pockets, yeah. and Food on our table, but yes. Um, but you do. I think it is great to get a reminder of just why everyone else what loves are, college football. Oh so my much. goodness!
3: I, I'm getting to do this pregame show, you know, every week now with a uh, nine seven point one the fan and for two hours all we do is talk football and we're right in the middle right there when we're live we're out there right outside st john arena when the team goes to the the team walk to yeah. the to the skull session and the bands they go right by us and uh you're right i mean it's when i was a little kid going to alabama games i know you know there's some people on here who can't stand the fact i grew up in alabama you you know you're from where you're from right yeah. <laughs> you know christopher Cl- columbus was from you know europe but he helped discover america but i digress uh the bottom line, you know, but it's just watching guys go, by, you know, watching the fans, they drop in and all kind of corny green was down there a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. right to my right, you know, signing autographs because he was inducted, being inducted into the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame. But all this stuff that's going on around us and really all we're interested in is what's Ohio State going to call on third and three, <laughs> you know, and uh, and boy, going to really hammer Ryan Day for that call. Right. Right. right, let's get right to it here real quick. Uh, this won't take long. What have you seen in the first six games, and this is a wide-open, okay. you know, obtuse question, as they said, in Shawshank Redemption. Uh, but what have you seen in the first six games from Ohio State offensively that you think they will build off of uh, that will carry them through the next six games and possibly get to Indianapolis? Yeah,
1: I think what will get them there is the success of this offensive line. You, spent, you know, we broke it down for months coming in. Uh, they Didn't know exactly how it was going to break down out of spring ball. They were uh, dealing with injuries there. Munford wasn't in there. Jonah Jackson wasn't even on campus yet. Four new full-time starters. How is this offensive line going to look? How can they come together? I think they've been the best overall unit in the Big Ten through six weeks. And everything I just said is still true. Uh, We've talked about Justin Fields getting more experience and getting started at quarterback. Well, that's going to be the same case for Wyatt Davis as he continues to get more experience at guard. Got Brandon Bowen and Josh Albee, the work that they've done at right tackle. Uh, Josh Myers, this is his first season as a center, um, and he's been absolutely um, incredible, I think, for a first time starter, given all the importance of that center position. Uh, And then we know what Munford can do, and Jonah Jackson has already proven himself in the Big Ten before, and he's playing at a high level. So it starts with those five guys up front, and they've been better. I thought they could all be, they had the potential to be all Big Ten caliber performers, all five of them. Yeah. But you still have to go do it. And I think they've been they've gotten there faster than I thought they would. For me,
3: you know, for me, uh, because I'm not going to pick the offensive line because you just did it, but I, everything, you know, you can't launch Apollo 11 without the launching pad, right? So that's why I've always looked at and it's Saturn V booster, man, one of the greatest machines ever built by man. But but I digress. Uh, As you past that, do. the astronauts, the guys up in the capsule, the guy who is obviously Justin Fields. We've talked about him ad nauseum now for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he's progressed, J.K. Dobbins, you had a sense he was going to be back on the beam, especially with a running threat at quarterback. We can talk about how lean he is now, from twelve percent body fat to eight percent body fat. I just wish I could get to twelve percent body fat. Uh, <laughs> well, once speed, you get to twelve,
1: it's easy to get to eight.
3: His speed has gotten better, etc. The rise of Master Tig the Third, obvious to everybody, gives him that that fastball and that hard ball, for one of another term. Right? You know that you know remember. I don't know if you ever played baseball, but some guys throw the ball and it hits your glove and it hurts for three days. Yeah, and you know you got to catch it again in five seconds. But I digress. (laughs) Uh, But all that uh, we've seen the tight ends each have you know big time uh, moments, not games, but moments, just Uh, sporadic moments. But the the most interesting development through the first six games, it's pretty obvious that number five Garrett Wilson is going to figure more heavily into the receiver plans moving forward. I don't he was in there early and often again against Michigan State two weeks ago. Uh I don't see that changing bar- barring injury and I'm just interested to see how a Brian Hartline is gonna play that revolving door at uh at wide receiver. Yeah, it's he wants to get to that six man rotation that
1: used to be criticized until you were stocking it with six really good players, right? Yeah. That makes a huge difference. Yes. And so you know, Garrett Wilson has earned that right now. I think it was Maybe week four, or so Jalen Harris was still getting some of those reps, and and Garrett Wilson. Look, he's a five star. We all know how athletic he was coming out of Lake Travis. Uh, great kid, great personality as well. Got to go get to know him while he was still in high school and covered his
3: recruitment. Hey, what a great area of the country right I, there! Huh? I love it, Hill I know, Country. I go that's, ahead. That's
1: where I wanted to go down to New Braunfels. Well, so. that's where your that's where your parents yeah. live. We'll so. get we'll get back to that later. Yeah. But you know, you it is a transition still. Just because you are. That gifted doesn't mean you get to go out and play right away, uh, or that you even can, uh, or even maybe that the coaching staff feels like you should, because you do have to earn uh, the stripes, and and that's a bit of a cliche, but it is for a reason. And you have to learn what Brian Hartline wants you to do, in, uh on the practice field, you have to learn nine routes and not just one. Yeah, you know, and that's that takes a little bit of time. And so when we talk about these these first timers getting experience, it's not just lip service and it's not just because they they feel like you need to go through two months like you have to be ready to play in the Big Ten for a team that wants to win a national championship you know you need to be at an elite level week in and week out and they can't afford to have Garrett Wilson or anybody else Austin Mack or senior Benjamin Victor if you don't know every responsibility if you can't run every route that they could use if you don't have the ability to extend plays and help Justin Fields and know the scramble drill rules you can't be out there right and and now, but you're you're seeing that, and you said it, that's going to keep happening because when the light goes on for him, he's got an upside that few players do.
3: Yeah, you know, it's funny because I remember the uh, first year I covered Ohio State football as the beat writer was 1984. They had a freshman wide receiver named Chris Carter, C-R-I-S, no H, and uh, – You know, he had all – I mean, you watched him in practice. I mean, he was – like I said, it was a joy to watch – back then we got to watch Watch football practice, practice, and it was a joy watching. (laughs) He made two or three catches every practice where you went, wow. Not just me, the team did, you know. Uh, But then after, like, midway through the season, they kind of went with the older guys, you know. I mean, you know, you're giving the older guys their shot because they put in the work. And number two, they know the system, et cetera. And it finally becomes apparent this guy's got to play. Now, I'm not saying – Right now, that Garrett Wilson's going to supplant Benjamin Victor or KJ Hill right. or Austin Mack or whomever in in the importance factor. I think, like you said, they think he's pretty important because he's getting out there early and often. Yeah. Uh, but you will see him continue to rise, barring injury, as this year goes on uh, as a more trusted uh, receiver. I mean, you know, just hauling, just hauling in that dime he did in the left corner of the end zone, uh, from uh from uh, Justin Fields at Nebraska a few weeks ago. That you know that was just a and he got – he didn't get two feet down. He got three feet down, you know. <laughs> he got, I think he got five feet he down. He went tippy-tip like that, you know. And then takes was like, a big
1: hit, not from, just from a defender, but into a wall.
3: Exactly. So, uh, I just see that – you know, he's a gamer. I mean, you can just see the, the, the way he plays the game, the savvy with which he plays wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, you know, I have talked to Brian Hartline a bunch of times about a lot of things. And uh, one of the things is you do give – you do give the guys who know the system have been been there for a while, you do think – give them their chances not necessarily the benefit of the doubt there's a big difference but then it comes that moment where you move on and uh i think we're seeing that in the wide receiver room and
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment
1: and that is a harsh lesson in business.
2: Sports is and not as simple you know, my, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
0: want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so
2: many you know, more doors. We, the show is called The, the deal.
0: deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
1: I'll just say quickly that the, the last part of that is that you talk about veteran guys knowing the system. It's also a matter of trust is earned. So if somebody has been around for three years uh, or, or you know, just even two years with Brian Hartline, he he knows what he can expect from those guys, and he's still learning that from Garrett Wilson uh, or Jamison Williams, who's another guy who's probably when we're forecasting. The I was going to bring him up, but that, go ahead. That, that yeah. might play a big role down the stretch, and they love uh, the practice habits that that kid has. And the, he's uh, with his speed; he's only going to get more opportunities because
3: yeah, hey, you can well, you can never have too much of that. Well, my big deal right now, if I'm a, if I'm a football coach, you know, I mean, I've, I've drawn plays like I've told you all my life, but you figure it you. Take into consideration who is that O. What's that O all about? You know, and uh, I don't understand why three games, uh, three plays a game, they don't put Jameson Williams out <laughs> wide. I'm wide, left or right, and just go. And if you know, and if you if you see man coverage, you just go. <laughs> uh, and if you don't, you throw to the other side or do something else. But that to me is an option they're going to exercise sooner or later in this in this season. I do believe because he can outrun. Coverage and uh, so we'll see if it gets that pay. Real quick, uh, before we go uh, back to the defense a little bit, who do you think will emerge on this defense that people haven't really been paying much attention to? Well, it's kind of hard we, to do now because they pretty much <laughs> they're pretty much they're playing like twenty guys, you know. And I was going to say, I mean, the
1: initial instinct is just to say and blurt out Josh Proctor. Yeah. But we pay a lot of attention to him,
3: and he was starting to. I mean, he was out there. By the way, for people not watching, we just did a fist bump because I've been I've been touting Josh Proctor, and, and I had to make sure that I showed I jumped, up
1: from that I had to jump in before you had your chance to name him. He was out there, and look, they had a couple packages. You touched on this last week, Tim. That the defense they have a lot of different groups of groupings of personnel, and you you pointed out right away. Don't know if it's the bullet, but you had Sean Wade, Damon Arnett,
3: three corners uh, and a safety out there, three corners and
1: a safety, and but there was also some packages where I noticed. I said, hey, there's your boy, yeah. and Josh Proctor's out there with Jordan Fuller, uh, yeah. a more traditional look. Yeah, they mixed it so, up. So they've got that in their back pocket, and I think that, you know, he's got some of this dynamic athleticism. He's not going to do a lot of the things that Sean Wade does, but I think I think he could do that if they needed. Um, he's he's versatile. I think they really want him to make sure that he's got down the Fuller responsibilities yeah. in case something happens. You but,
3: would not want Josh Proctor own your team in two man volleyball, beach volleyball. <laughs> On your team, because he would try to hit every. He would try to hit the ball every time. You follow my drift? Yeah. I mean, he wants to be where the ball is on every play. He does. And uh, it's, you know, I don't know if you'd rather have him tipping it up to you or spiking it. But uh, I think, like you said, when he settles down more and more, he's going to become more. In fact, I agree with you 100%. The other thing is Haskell Garrett has has quietly become a force inside, spelling, you know, those guys, Devon Hamilton, yep. Jayshon Cornell. Uh, B.B. Uh, B. Landers, man, he gives you a unbelievable effort when he's in there, yeah. et cetera. Uh, those are guys that I'm going to see. You know, obviously, you're seeing B.B. B. Landers a lot, but I think you're going to see both those guys even more as this goes on. Yeah, you're right. So, and there, Here's
1: one more name for you. That's, I think probably people know it. They're going to pay attention to it. But Zach Harrison is yeah. ahead of schedule. Yes. I thought, you know, look, Ohio State's not opposed to playing these true freshman pass rushers. Get him involved in the rushman package, but even Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Chase Young, when they were true freshmen, it wasn't quite. I think to this level where Zach Harrison. Is. Two was weeks out there. ago, when they got into
3: Wall Street, which we used to call it in the old days, it was Zach Harrison was out there with Chase Young, and I think who was the other guy? Was it was it Cooper?
1: Yeah, Cooper. It might
3: have been Cooper. It yeah. might have been uh, Tyreek Smith actually. But anyway, but then on the edge, that's when that's when they sprang uh, Baron Browning on that ridiculous sack he yeah. had, <laughs> where nobody touched him because the guy got. But you're right about uh, Zach Harrison. Uh, it's obvious now he's benefited from uh, injuries from from the Jonathan Cooper yep. being on a pitch count and Tyreek Smith being banged. But he's taken advantage of it.
1: and Tyler Friday as well. He, yes. he didn't play against Michigan State, so part of that is a little bit necessity, but, but not necessary. But but still only because Ohio State wants to play so many guys. If it wanted if if Larry Johnson really believed that Chase Young could be effective. Uh, or at his absolute best, playing seventy snaps, and best believe that they would leave him out there to do it. Yeah. But nobody is so uh, at least Ohio State's different, and a lot of other places where they have others, Iowa, whoever else, you got to leave your superstar out there because you just don't have five stars waiting on the bench to come in. Right. So it's a it's a tribute to Ohio State's recruiting, and it's also I think a massive tip of the hat to Larry Johnson that he. What I was trying to say early on was I didn't think that Zach Harrison. Would ha- the level of competition is so much bigger, obviously, in the Big Ten than what he was doing at this time last year uh, with Olin, Olin Tangi, Orange, right? I mean, that's – Yes. No, And no offense to them. S- speed kills, though. Speed so, kills. But that, like, you know, sometimes there were games where I'd see the highlights and it was like, well, what is he even getting out of this? And does he understand the motor that it's going to take to play with? And I thought it might take him longer just to compare it to Garrett Wilson Playing that high level in Texas, and I've seen him play state championship games. When Matthew Baldwin gets hurt, and he takes over a game as a junior, I didn't. I thought that he would have an instant impact. I didn't know that Zach Harrison yeah. could or would do that. And it. And he has been way ahead of where I thought he would be. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen.
3: Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. That's what this is all about. Is the fact they've got, like I've said, they've got a really nice group of guys who returned who were starters last year, offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. They've got a really nice group of what I call rising. Journeyman who've been there for a while, and K. then Sean you got, Cornell. and then you got, yeah, and then you got a a, a Zach Harrison and a Garrett <laughs> and a Garrett Wilson. I mean, this team is getting better every week from a depth standpoint, right in front of your eyes. It's been amazing to watch. So last thing before we go, <clears throat> fan or foe of Friday Night Football? Mm. No, I'm a foe. Uh, it's F A U
1: X or F-O-E? <laughs> no. I, I, I hate it. How about that? All I, right. Look, I get it that a lot of scheduling has to be has to account for all the millions of dollars that are brought in with the broadcast deal. I'm fine with it, and especially this year, I'm fine with it because it has meant more noon kickoffs, uh, which I think is what they're going to get for the Wisconsin game. When normally people would expect that to be in prime time, I like I like Saturday at noon. I don't have any complaints
3: about it. But moving
1: well, traditional
3: was 1:30, <coughs> yeah. 1:30 in the afternoon on Saturday till uh, every game. Was on television. Yeah. Moving it to
1: Friday night, and and I don't go to high school football games. That's like the one night of the week where you get to relax and and uh, get ready for the next day game day and all that sort of stuff. We well, do it on
3: Thursday now. Yeah.
1: Well, maybe.
3: Yeah. I'm 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 not a fan of it either. Uh, I think it does take away from high school football. If you think if you think a lot of people aren't going to stay away from Ohio high school football games this this Friday night. To be able to watch Ohio State now, the great thing is you can watch Ohio State right there in the stands. Now, what's <laughs> one of the beauties of modern yeah. uh, uh, euphoria? But uh, but the but the flip side is that they're not going to be in bars or, or sitting at home watching uh, these this game is crazy. I mean, this is number three team in the country uh, on a road game where they going against the team they played in the Big Ten championship game last year. Not by any way any sort of imagination, the same team. Right, if you've been keeping your eye on Northwestern, but the bottom line is uh, it will affect. See, it I don't think Purdue versus Indiana affects uh, on a Friday night in Indiana would affect attendance at Indiana high school games. We're talking apples and oranges yeah. if you follow my drift.
1: And, and I think, too, like this might sound hypocritical or, or whatever. I, to me, it's okay to not sometimes play on Saturday. The Thursday night games, I actually enjoy those, and if they're a one-off and you make sure that – the You can balance the schedule, and and Ohio State did have uh, their bye week before this one. Like, okay, that's fine, and that's where maybe the high school football factor comes into it. If you if Ohio State played on a Thursday night, would there have been as much uh, outrage or upset about it? You know, probably not, because it's not going to impact. You know, I think there's a pretty big game in Pickerington this week that people uh, a rivalry that people want to watch. Yeah, and why would you make those people pick uh, between Ohio State? Uh, and their local high school team and and, and everything that's on. Well, the what line I've been there. telling people too,
3: though, is this game starts at eight thirty uh, Eastern Daylight Saving Time, <laughs> not seven thirty. Yeah. So, you know, and the way college football games go now, they last four and <laughs> half, four and a half to five gonna hours. You're going to see all three quarters. Yeah, you'll be able to see three quarters of it after your high school football <laughs> game is over. That is without a doubt, because you know it won't kick off at eight thirty. It'll kick off about eight fifty. You know, eight forty five. And so, yeah, that's where I stand. I don't, you know. Who knows? I mean, Ohio State's an overwhelming favorite in this game. Shouldn't win it handily. How long um, do you think the grass is going to be? Uh, it's going to be, is you know, you know, I have settings on my zero turn, and I can make it four inches. You know, you got to figure, you know, just let it. They're just going to let it grow. Yeah, all week. you know, we we couldn't buy gas for the lawnmower this week. Uh, <laughs> sorry, folks, but uh, I'm not sure that's still going to help them very much. No, but it. It uh... by the way, I think they play on artificial turf. Oh, did they yeah, change it? Yeah. Oh man, what? So the old jokes are gone. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to remember what uh, what Dice Stadium, what it looks like right now. I thought they replaced it a long time ago. Oh, okay. But uh, well, but maybe
1: not. That, I maybe guess that, not. I guess that shows how – The I, nicest
3: lawn in the Big Ten, how, is that what you're trying to how say? How closely
1: I've been uh, paying attention to Northwestern home yeah. games this season. Yeah, I feel
3: embarrassed because I should know the answer to that. But, uh, I thought but anyway.
1: That, that was the big deal. Like, uh, what was that the 13 game or 14 game with Bosa scrambling around there for the yeah. – the fumble recovery and that they'd slowed down the offense and all that stuff. Yeah, but, but anyway. But if I if my joke is
3: five years past its expiration date, then then uh, so be it. I got you, ladies and gentlemen. That's another Tim May podcast. I really appreciate you uh, tuning in, listening and watching, or listening or watching. Uh, I always like having my friend on, Boston Ward, uh, who does a great job covering high State football for Letterman Row. And uh, I'm glad I was giving you be able to give you a little bit of insight in what I think of what. A lot of people consider to be the top team in the country, Alabama, from watching them live. And uh, I'll be honest with you, man, this, this isn't like the old days where I used to root for Alabama. I mean, I'm a objective observer anymore. I don't really, <laughs> yeah. I don't really care. I do care about Lufkin High School football still. But then past that, you know, uh, uh, I could take it or leave it. Uh, I'm not sure what it would be like to cover Nick Saban, for example, on a weekly basis, but I'm sure it would be an adventure. But you know what?